Hi there, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. In this podcast, we listen in on conversations taking place among ministers, church leaders, and scholars as we engage the issues facing Christians and church leaders today. We hope that this episode is thought-provoking and a blessing to you, because as with everything we do in the Cyber Institute, our mission is to equip church leaders and help churches thrive. After you listen, make sure to follow our podcast so that you get all the latest episodes from your podcast platform of choice. Let's get started. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Live from the Cyber Institute. This is David Knipe, uh, your host for this episode, and I am very happy today uh, to be sitting down with uh, my colleague, Randy Harris, who, uh, among other things, is the founder of the Cyber Institute's Contemplative Ministers Initiative. Welcome, Randy. We're glad you're here. Thank you very much. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to tell our audience a little bit about you and then ask you to share a little more. So, uh, Randy, I, I knew about you uh, for quite a long time, uh, but we really didn't get to be colleagues till I came to ACU and we uh, taught together in the undergraduate Bible department. Uh, then when I joined Cyber, we got to uh, interact in a variety of other ways. Uh, so I, I've mainly known you as a teacher and a colleague, but you also have quite a long ministry background, both in congregational ministry, but also working with churches and ministers. Would you mind telling our audience just a little bit about that? Sure. Uh, before I came to ACU, I was the preaching minister at the Donaldson Church in Nashville, Tennessee for 10 years. And that's why I was also teaching at Lipscomb, so I'd always kind of done both things. Mm -hmm. And I felt like my identity changed there. I kind of went from being a college professor who preached to being a preacher who also happens to teach in a in a university. So mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's where I really became a, a minister. And then I went through a long period while I was teaching at ACU where I was traveling 50 weekends out of a year um, to, to be with churches and, and ministers. And then just teaching all those years, there was just a sort of generation of ministers who came up that, that I had taught and known. And we've always been sort of committed to being in their lives, not mm -hmm. just while they're here, but beyond. And so those relationships have uh, have continued. And that's been one of the best things in my life is just have all these relationships with all these ministers uh, out there. So uh, I've, I've always felt like I had the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. I've, I've always greatly enjoyed spending my life with 18 to 22 year olds. I, I tell people spending my life with people younger than myself is the greatest decision I, I ever made. Mm -hmm. But this other part of my life where you're sort of ministering to ministers has been, has been wonderful too. That's great. Well, and it seems to me that that, uh, that ministering and mentoring uh, younger folks is one that kind of connects with our topic for today. I mean, we're, we're, we could talk about a lot of different things, but I first introduced you as the kind of the founder of our Contemplative Ministers Initiative. Uh, and that's something that I'm guessing uh, our audience, some people know, probably they know it very well. Others have no idea what that is. So if you were to just kind of give us the, the elevator pitch version of what CMI is, how would you describe it? You know, or maybe if, if you were to you're talking to a friend, you're going out of town for a few days, and he says, what are you going for? What's that just enough information that you Yeah, have? so uh, I would assume probably more of your audience doesn't know about it than does, because it's been fairly low-key. Mm -hmm. But um, Contemplative Minister Initiative is a four-retreat, two-year program okay. where we invite young um, lead ministers. Young is defined 
defined very loosely, by the way, you know, kind of people <laughs> in the people in the first half of their ministry, right. uh, to come and spend a couple of days with us four times over over two years. And the point is to develop in them a contemplative life, a prayer life where they're less reactive, they're less jerked around by their own or other people's pathologies, mm-hmm. where they're working out of this deep uh, place where where the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God uh, resides. Because we felt like um, there's a lot of programs that help preachers preach better mm-hmm. and lead better, but we didn't see the one that that really aimed at giving them a deep uh, spiritual life. And we, we wanted something that would uh, help sustain them even when things may not be going great in their, uh, in their ministry. World. Yeah, sure. Well, and you're, you're kind of anticipating what I wanted to ask you next. You know, so CMI has been going f- since about 2015. We're, we're coming up on a decade of this ministry, which is really exciting. Um, but I'd love to hear more about just kind of how it got started. And you've already mentioned that a little bit. Like, what was it that that led you to found the Contemplative Ministers Initiative? Um, well, there's, there's of course, of, I guess there, there may be some stories that it might not be yeah, good to tell. Well, there are parts <laughs> of the stories I cannot tell. I, uh, <laughs> uh, part, part of it was I was at that point in my career where I was thinking about doing something else. Mm-hmm. And the ACU folks very generously said, well, what is it you want to do that you're not, you're not doing? Mm-hmm. And I said, this this mm. is it I, I i want something that will that will contribute to the spiritual life of young ministers and they said let's build it and gave me a little release uh t- time from a class mm-hmm. in in order uh to do it and the early classes were recruited by from my uh relationships and it was instantly more than it had a right to be. Mm. You know, when you when you have guys come together and they're committed to wanting to learn to be attentive to God, and which that's really what this is about. It's yeah. it's, it's learning to really uh, pay attention to God, um, and I th- I think it's the best thing I did at my at the end of my career. So mm. so think about it. I mean, we're we're almost a decade in, and um, cohorts of twelve. So there are more than a hundred preachers out there who who have given themselves over to trying to develop a deep contemplative life, and um, you know, in a movement as small as ours, that matters. It really and, is. And uh, by by going with preaching ministers, we thought, okay, we don't only get the preaching minister; we probably get the whole staff because mm-hmm. they take this back with them. And these and these guys are preaching to hundreds and hundreds of people uh, all the time. So you get this kind of uh, ripple effect. So again, it's not a it's not a big deal. It doesn't go on neon signs. They're not big events. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a group of ministers at a retreat house for two or three days at, at, with groups of 12 at a time. Yeah. Well, and when I've gotten to go a few times, you know, what, what you said about it, where it immediately becomes more than it has a right to be. It, it's such a good mix, I think, of the program, the people who are leading, and we'll talk more about that, the location, uh, and just giving ministers that opportunity to step away, even just for a few days. I mean, right. I, I know this from my own ministry life, and of course, from you know teaching in a university, it's so easy for things to just get busy all the time. There's right. always people demanding your time. You know, many people have observed, we've gone from calling the minister's office, the pastor study, to the minister's office. It's part of an office complex. Right. We have office managers, right. which means, 
you, you need a Google calendar to keep up with things and you have, you know, you're, you're probably not allowed to turn your phone off very well. Uh, and so just giving people that chance to step away and learn more how they can, like you said, just be attentive to what God is doing. And we have tried to structure it where it doesn't turn into a graduate course, mm-hmm. uh, also known as a death march. Yep. <laughs> uh, so so there is there is instruction, but there are also broad times of just uh, quiet where yeah. where they can just sort of uh, disengage and sit with the with the things that they're learning. Mm-hmm. So we're we're trying to practice what we're what we're what we're teaching yeah. at the same time. No, I think I think that's working really well. Okay, so I, I mentioned one of the things I, I've appreciated about CMI um, is the group of people that we're able to bring in to serve as speakers and resource people. Like you know, CMI is not go on a retreat with the guru Randy Harris. Right. And he will lead you into enlightenment, right? We have right. we have lots of different folks who are serving, uh, and they get to sp- we get the benefit of ministers spending time with those wise people. So, as you founded it and, and have led it over the years, what would you say you're looking for uh, in those speakers and resource people, the people that you want to expose our ministers to? Um, what what are you what are you looking for in those folks? So the one thing needful. This this was a um, good question that you got me thinking about because those resource people are quite different in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Absolutely. But the one thing that they all have is a deeply experiential engagement with what we've brought them in to mm-hmm. instruct. So the people we come in to talk about that intersection between suffering and spiritual growth are, are bringing deep personal experience mm-hmm. to that. And, uh, you know, pe- people were bringing in to talk about, oh, how, how can art um, uh, deepen your spiritual life? Are, are people who lived in that world? Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, n- we're not just bringing in the bookie people. Uh, yeah. if, they, if they don't have a deep experiential engagement uh, with what they're teaching, we don't, we don't have them. And it shows, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's so authentic. And, uh, you know, we've, we've had a Jesuit teach us about Ignatian exercises, mm-hmm. and I can teach the Ignatian exercises. I really can. But that's not the air I breathe. Right. And, and for them, you know, that's what they live out of every day. And mm-hmm. there's just this depth of, of experience with that that uh, really makes a contribution. Yeah. Well, I imagine some of our audience may be thinking, this is really interesting. I want to know more about kind of the nuts and bolts in the day to day. And so to our audience, what I'll say is, hang on, that's going to be the next podcast. This is actually the beginning uh, of a little series we're going to do on CMI. And uh, our next podcast is going to be with the current director, Houston Heflin. Um, and you're going to get to hear more about what a, you know, what a day looks like at CMI. So if you find yourself, you know, wanting that, just, just hang on a little bit. Okay. So I mentioned Houston in part now because um, you led CMI for several years, Randy, but then you recently handed it off uh, to our colleague, Houston Heflin. Uh, We've got a lot of people in our world who have that entrepreneurial spirit. Let's start something new and then hand it off and they walk away. But that's not what you did. Um, You handed off, but you have remained involved. And so I'd love to just hear what continues to excite and motivate you about this program that you've wanted to stay involved, even not as the leader? Yeah. Uh, well, I think, I think to start that answer way, way back when, when we started this, uh, the, the provost at ACU said, don't just do it, build structure, hmm. which was 
great advice mm-hmm. so that it just doesn't depend on me and what mm-hmm. I what 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 my particular uh, take on something is at the moment mm-hmm. but but you really do think about uh, what is the structure of how spiritual life contemplative life gets developed and you build that and then it can and it can go beyond you um, and that by the way doesn't happen overnight that takes five to ten years which sure. is which is where we are, and we're still we're we're we're, we're still refining uh, that structure. But I, I think the reason I I keep going is uh, I genuinely enjoy uh, being with uh, young ministers who want to learn to pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and you know, it's no secret that I don't have much interest in big stage events at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. I've done those. Mm-hmm. But but sitting down with a small group of ministers and thinking, okay, how how can I have a deeper relationship with God? I, I think that's the most meaningful thing that um, I can do. And uh, I, I always walk away saying, well, well, it looks like the Holy Spirit kind of crawled into the middle of, mm-hmm. of that. And who wouldn't want to experience you know, that? So, yeah. Yeah, no, it is wonderful, and and that's another one that's kind of you're 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 doing great with the segues, even though we didn't we didn't I didn't pay you for the segues. <laughs> uh, I, I mentioned one thing I like about going to CMI is uh, getting to interact with those guest speakers, the resource people, and I think that works really well. Another thing that I enjoy, kind of just watching happen, uh, is that this is a cohort based situation. It's not a you know, it's, it's not only not a retreat with Guru Randy Harris, it's also not a silent solo thing. And, and there are those, right? And, and right. that's it's good. And, and there's a time for that. Um, but y'all decided to work kind of like Jesus did with let, let's get a group of group of men together here, 10 to 12 of them. And let's see what we can do and see what happens when uh, this cohort grows and matures over time. Uh, what made you decide to do that? Or maybe were there other alternatives that you thought about? but ultimately rejected in favor of doing it in this cohort-based way? Well, I think we always hoped that uh, relationships would be built that, mm-hmm. would, that would last beyond the, the two years. And with some people that has happened, with other, not, not everybody. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we learned a ton uh, during covid So, mm-hmm. okay, we were off for a couple of years. And then when we were back, um, the retreat center where we were had rules that you could only sit one person at a table. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And uh, we didn't know how much that eating lunch together had meant until we weren't doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't like good things didn't happen, but we, we lost the cohort dynamic mm-hmm. the sharing of lives with one another and and really i mean these guys are all over the map small churches big churches oh, yeah. all, all over america yeah, some absolutely. of them have never met uh each other they're very different places in their home situations mm-hmm. though they tend to be a little younger with all the stresses that go with mm-hmm. still having having children at home and uh just you know, a lot of the really important ministry happens when they're sitting at meals uh, together and and life sharing, and who who, who knows where that where that goes. But um, you know, I, I I've spent a lot of time at you know, in, in hermits and monasteries, but um, the spiritual life goes a lot better when you're doing it with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing, kind of on that, you know, you mentioned this is a two year program, so 
any, any given retreat, we have both first years and second years. Right. And so uh, a lot of the kind of the, the class time, for lack of a better term, uh, when they're in a room with a speaker, that's often just in the first year or the second year. But when the in, when we have those meal times, everybody's together. Right. And so sometimes, as I've observed it, you'll have little groups from within a year, but sometimes they have relationships across and you get to see people right. um, getting to know others as well. And so there's the possibility of getting acquainted with 20, 20 ministers, mm-hmm. most of whom you didn't know before. Right. And uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to put a, a value on that, mm-hmm. just how valuable that is. I think we got some people who are in ministry because of CMI who wouldn't be right now. Mm. And, uh, that's just that they, their contemplative life sustained them through COVID, which yeah. was, you know, in, in church life, those were dog years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, you know, I'm grateful for that. It's not perfect, yeah. you know, but uh, uh, it does give the opportunity to ground in a, in a deep place. And uh, one of the things we say in CMI is we're always preparing for you know not what. Mm. And you don't, you don't know, you know, what life's going to throw at you in terms of your personal life, your health life, your family life, your church life. And so we're constantly preparing for that thing that, mm-hmm. we, that we don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. Well, and, that, and the relationships, I mean, we were talking uh, before we started recording about recent conversations I was getting to have with some ministers and just how valuable it is to be able to be in relationship with other people who know the kind of ministry you're in. So right. CMI, we don't have two or three people from the same staff, right? It's just right. it's individual ones. And, um, you know, sometimes when you're in ministry, you, you really need to be able to process what's happening in your church, the difficult conversation you're having with an elder, something happening with your family, uh, with someone who is not in your system. Right. Just to have that outside voice, that listening ear where you're not worried about Someone's going to overhear, something's going to get back, something's going to be held against you. And right. uh, I think that can just be so valuable for, especially ministers, like you said, in the first half of their careers. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, let me ask you one last question today. Um, so we've talked about how things got started. Um, and Houston and I are going to talk about what's going on right now in the program. But um, at this point, from where you sit, what would you say is kind of your long-term hope for CMI? Like, let's say it's 15 years from now, we're coming up on 25 years uh, you're looking out at our churches. You're having conversations with ministers. What do you hope is going to be just the real impact or legacy of CMI after, let's say, 25 years? Uh, I would hope that we would have a more contemplative clergy. Mm-hmm. And so, I, um, you know, one, one of the things... Uh, that's interesting to me is that ministers often feel guilty about doing prayer time on their work time. Mm. So, you know, well, okay, for the next hour, I'm, I'm not going to be counseling anybody. I'm mm-hmm. not going to be preparing a sermon. I'm not going to be managing staff. All I'm going to be doing is I'm praying on the clock. Here attending. I'm praying on the clock. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping we'll get to the point where that will not only be okay, it will be the expectation mm-hmm. that a church will say before we hire you. Now, we want you to be be committed to prayer on the clock because yeah. we don't feel like there's anything you could do that would be 
a more beneficial to this church than than have a minister who's being deeply attentive to God um, every day. Uh, and you know, again, it's not a big deal. It's one by one by by one in terms of churches, but I I think that's transformative. Mm -hmm. uh, and to have a, a more grounded, less. Uh, I tell people, I've done ministry when I was insane, and I've done ministry when I was sane, and I prefer sane. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, um, we got a lot of ministers who kind of walk on the edge of sanity all the time. Mm. And to have a, a saner clergy that, that whose leadership is actively encouraging them mm -hmm. to work out of that, out of that deep place. Uh, it's just a different kind of model. Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking that, that's a... That's a culture shift because, I mean, that's going to mean if you've got uh, an elder that drops into the church at ten in the morning, and wants to have a conversation with the minister, and the secretary, the church administrator says, "I'm sorry, he's praying," yeah. that the elder will say, "Good, yeah, <laughs> I'll come back later," right, instead right. of being frustrated. Right. Well, that, that's that's going to be different. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. the the parishioner comes in and uh needs something from the minister to say well I'm, I'm sorry he he's in a study right now that 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 would be welcomed rather than yeah. an annoyance and i you know i tell people okay what you do is you put god on your schedule and then see if anything important enough comes to knock him off mm -hmm. and there have been times in my ministry when it when it did mm -hmm. and it usually involves somebody dying yeah uh but not very often right you know and uh, you you can do it. And, and that's the big thing is we don't know how well we're doing yet, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to look ten and twenty years mm -hmm. down the road. Have we developed habits of spiritual life that have turned out to be sustaining? Yeah. Uh, so we're we're a ways away from knowing exactly. You know what what the guys tell us is. Um, in my adult spiritual life, this is the most formative thing I've done, mm -hmm. and so we're we're deeply appreciative of that feedback. And but we we needed another kind of feedback, you know, yeah. we need to see what kind of what kind of people they turn out to yeah. be and what kind of ministers they turn out to. Well, be. and just you know, you, you mentioned just a couple of the different kind of topics that we have in the in, in the sessions, just the, the ability to then share that with 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 your people. So right. minister enters into thinking about suffering and silence and spirituality well goodness i mean how how many people in in your churches are dealing with suffering to be yep. able to then yep. let that overflow from you onto them right our family life all all sorts of things like this um yeah there's 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 a multiplying effect that can be there and that will be hard to measure we will probably right. never know what that is but right. hopefully it changes Yep. our people changes our, our churches. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, Randy, thank you so much uh, for just spending a little time with us here. I'm grateful uh, for the conversation, grateful that our, our audience is going to be able to uh, to listen to this. Um, so if, if people want to, let's say, talk with you more about CMI, maybe they want to follow up. Um, how might people connect with you? I know, I know you're not a big social media guy, but uh, should they oh, should they send you? That's an, putting it mildly. Uh, <laughs> should they send you an email? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Randy.Harris okay. at acu.edu. Okay. I'm always always happy to hear from people. I think if there are people who say, I think I preaching ministers that I think I want to be in CMI, mm -hmm. then we'd, we'd want them to contact Houston and uh, he can. You can get them on the schedule because I'm not I'm not doing that part right. anymore. But but just in terms of conversation about it, I'm always willing to talk to people. About Sounds it. good. Well, and we actually have a link. So if you go to uh, to our audience, if you go to our 
uh, the CMI website, www.cyberinstitute.org slash CMI. Uh, you can read more about it, but down at the bottom of the page, it invites you if you want to, uh, if you know somebody, if you want to recommend yourself, uh, you can email one of our staff folks here and then that will get over to Houston. And we'd love to, uh, we'd love to be able to hear that because uh, we want as many people to be uh, exposed to this as possible. Uh, and audience folks, you can always access all of our podcast episodes at cyberinstitute.podbean.com. Uh, so until next time, and we'll be talking to Houston Heflin, uh, blessings be with you. Thanks for listening today to Live from the Cyber Institute. We would love to connect with you on our social media channels, and you can always find all of our various resources at our website, cyberinstitute.org. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on your platform of choice, then share it with your friends. Until next time, may God bless you in all that you do.